Shalom, I'm Mitch Glazer, President of Chosen People Ministries. I'm here with Robert Walter, our Regional Director in the Northeast part of the United States. And uh, great to have you uh, with us, Bobby, and I think we have a real treat today. Yes, we do. Thank you so much, Mitch. And uh, welcome, everyone. Shalom, shalom. Today on The Chosen People, we do have a very special treat. We actually have an interview with Dr. Michael Rydelnik. And we'll be looking specifically at the modern state of Israel and trying to understand how it fits into uh, biblical prophecy. That's right, Bobby. Michael, Dr. Rodelnik, is professor of Jewish studies at Moody Bible Institute. He's the host of Open Line Radio, son of Holocaust survivors, raised in the Holy Land like me, Brooklyn. He trusted in Jesus as his Messiah in high school. He's the co-editor of the Moody Bible Commentary and the Handbook on Messianic Prophecy, Understanding the Arab-Israeli Conflict, and many other uh, great books. He's married to Eva. He has two adult sons, and he wants us to know that they write and call all the time. And we're not going to even name all the grandchildren. So it's wonderful to have Michael with us. In 1894, Rabbi Leopold Cohn founded Chosen People Ministries in Brooklyn, New York. And today, we stand as a credible, well-established mission that combines Jesus' biblical imperative to go and make disciples with the call to evangelize to the Jewish people first. We accomplish this mission with innovative and forward-thinking creativity. And if you'd like to partner with us this year, go to chosenpeople.com offer, and then click on the Give Today button. You can also give a gift through the mail or over the phone. Find all the details at chosenpeople.com slash offer. Your gifts help us continue to proclaim the good news that Messiah has come to Jewish people around the world. And for that, we thank you for your partnership. Welcome back. You're listening to The Chosen People. And today we are joined by Dr. Michael Rydelnik. It's a wonderful uh, thing to have my dear friend, Michael Rydelnik. Michael, we've known each other since, I don't know, since... You were a teenager. That Jurassic period, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but we've we've stayed close all these years, and our yeah. our ministries uh, weave in and out of one another. We've done so much together, and we love Eva, and um, who is also on the chosen people staff. I love Ava much more than I yes, love you. So you're that's, smart. That's, you have good yeah. taste. And uh, yeah. but when it comes to an understanding of scripture and an understanding of God's place for Israel and the Jewish people, they're second to none other than uh, Michael Rudelnik. He is the man. Uh, he knows. Uh, he knows it all, and uh, and uh, and I appreciate that because he is the Moody Bible Answer Man. And when I have a question, I know who I can call. So, Michael, first question is this: If you don't mind, yes. Um, in order to understand the role of Israel, what's happening today in current events with Israel being back in the land, in order to understand something about the future that God's planned for Israel, we have to understand the past. So is there a fundamental uh, biblical promise or passage that lays out the path for Israel and the Jewish people? Can you, can you inform our, our listeners uh, who want to make sure that the Bible is the foundation for everything that they believe, and I know that's true of you and of me. What's the foundation for Israel's present and future in the Bible? Well, 
I think the, the way to start to understand God's plan for Israel is with the promises that God made to Abraham and then reiterated to Isaac and Jacob. It's called the Abrahamic covenant. And at the beginning in Genesis 12 and 15 and 17 and reiterated again in Genesis 22, God promises Israel a land. And in chapter 15, he designates that land will be from the river of Egypt, which is the southern border of present day Israel in Sinai all the way up to the Euphrates River, which is in Iraq. It's a vast stretch of land that Israel has never really had uh, in its possession. And also he promises Israel seed. And it's kind of interesting because the seed, the offspring, indicates many offspring, as well as one particular descendant who would bless the nations. That's the Messianic king. And... Uh, he also promises the world blessing through Abraham's descendants. God promises to bless the whole world. God cares for the whole world. He chose Israel to be the nation that would bless the whole world uh, through the Messiah. The God-man is a Jewish man in the flesh. His physical identity is as a Jewish man, the son of David. And so he promises to bless the world through the Messiah the offspring of Abraham. So, we, Michael, we have so much packed in to that Abrahamic covenant. It's somewhere yeah. somewhere between a covenant and a prophecy, really, of, of what was going to happen. Yeah, yeah. And it, it, the amazing thing is the, the future, that, that has not been completely fulfilled yet. There's still a future, and that required Israel to be restored to the land. And so what we see today with a modern state of Israel, after 2,000 years of dispersion about, uh, Jewish people are back in the land. There's a distinctive Jewish state, uh, which is the necessary prerequisite for all the end time events uh, to, to occur so that the Abrahamic covenant can be ultimately fulfilled. So uh, how do you see these new Abraham Accords uh, fit in with the Abrahamic covenant. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of interesting. Uh, the Abraham Accords uh, deal with the nations like uh, UAE and uh, uh, th these Gulf states, as well as a few others in, from North Africa uh, or Sudan right. uh, that have made, have established relations with Israel. You know, when I, I, it's a tough thing, you know, wh where it will be, because we don't know how it will be in the end of days exactly, because things can change. But in Ezekiel 38, there's a very interesting prophecy because it speaks about the nations that will come against Israel during that end of days period, that uh, future time of trouble for Israel. And it talks about all the nations that will come. If you look at them, the land of Magog, Meshach, Tubal, uh, those are nations that are sort of the stand states of, of the former Soviet Union. Uh, also, uh, there's Beth Torgama, which is eastern Turkey, uh, Persia, which is Iran, Kush, which is Sudan, Foot, which is Libya. What you'll notice is they surround Israel, all these nations. And they're all today Islamic. So I would venture that one day there will be an Islamic invasion.
from Islamic states of Israel. Oh, that's quite interesting. I mean, that's a striking uh, interpretation. I, I can see that. So the nations, the Islamic nations that have made peace with Israel, at least through the Abraham Accords, and maybe UAEs are, uh, is on its way, that that's not going to last forever, Michael. Well, no, that's not what I'm saying. I, I'm saying that there are there will be an Islamic invasion, but it says in verse 13 that Sheba and Daydan, which are Gulf states, that's the area that is in the Gulf uh-huh. today. Yeah. And the merchants of Tarshish, Tarshish is in Europe, and so perhaps represents uh, the European states. They will say to these invaders. Have you come to see spoil? Have you assembled your hordes to carry off plunder? They will basically give a verbal objection, but not intervene for Israel when that happens. Interesting. And so it appears it's going to be an Islamic invasion. Some of the Islamic states and and European states will object, but not intervene. And Israel will be in grave danger. And then it says that God will intervene and protect Israel and defeat these enemies that are invading. uh, perhaps, and again, when we're dealing with prophecy, I never want to get too specific because yeah. we don't know. Circumstances could change, but it does look like there will be an Islamic invasion, and it does appear that some of these states that are part of the Abraham Accords will stay out of it, but not come to Israel's aid. Now, the one exception here is Sudan is specifically mentioned as a nation that will invade, and they are now part of the Abraham Accords. Yeah, well, that's that's fascinating. You know, in Zechariah 12, 10, the prophet in uh, verse 9, and uh, really throughout the whole chapter of Zechariah 12, speaks about the neighbors of Israel gathering to destroy Israel. And then God intervenes mm-hmm. by sending this Holy Spirit and turning the nation of Israel to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, it uses all the nations. Yeah, I think that's a different war than the one that's described in Ezekiel 38 and 39. You know, there's the one that's described in Ezekiel 38 and 39, some people think it happens before that future time of trouble for Israel. Some people think it happens just before the middle. That's where I am. Some people think it's part of that end of days invasion, right. uh, that the last battle, the campaign of Armageddon. But I think it's the campaign of Armageddon is distinct. It says, I will gather all nations... Right against Israel. In Zechariah 12, it mentions that in Zechariah 14. Uh, It seems to me that there's going to be another invasion, but that will be led by that future false messiah, uh, a political ruler. He's called the little horn in Daniel 7. He's called the beast in Revelation 13. And, And this ruler, according to Daniel 11, will come and he'll set up his tents there. It looks like in the valley of Jezreel. And he will gather armies there in the valley of Jezreel just before Megiddo. That's a huge plain where you can muster an army. They will make their way to Jerusalem. All nations will surround Jerusalem. The pressure will be so intense on the Jewish people that the the leaders of Israel, according to Zechariah 12, will turn in faith to Jesus to deliver them. They will finally say, we have no other choice but to call for Jesus the Messiah to save us. It says at that time, And that's what the Lord Jesus himself predicted in Matthew 23, uh, verses 37 through 39. Right. He said that to Israel, you won't see me again until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And so that seems to be the leadership of Israel turning in faith to the Messiah, 
Zechariah 12.10, that they will look upon the pierced one. They will mourn as one mourns for an only son, the mourning of repentance. The Lord Jesus will return and he will deliver them. And Zechariah 14 describes that. And it seems like the uh, buried in Romans 11.25 and following is is the Abrahamic covenant. It seems to be, you know, for me, it's almost everywhere I look in the Bible, it's it's there. Yeah. I, I think the understanding of the Abrahamic covenant is the backbone for understanding the Bible. Yeah. It is, it, it, when we start, when I start to try and teach people what is the Bible about, I start with the Abrahamic covenant. So tell me, jump in, there's so much I want to talk to you about, Michael. So just, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and you teach a course in the history of modern Israel, and 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 mm-hmm. uh, you wrote a book uh, on on modern Israel, um, which mm-hmm. which is excellent. Chosen people has sold hundreds, if not thousands, and we appreciate that. Mm-hmm. And it's everything the news isn't telling you, so we really we really like to know what the Bible says. So yeah. so give us a little bit of a, of of insight. In what way is modern Israel today the fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy? To start with, some people, I was once in a forum with another professor from another school, and he was saying that Israel is merely a quirk of history (laughs) and has no significance with Bible prophecy. And I can't fathom anyone with that perspective. That is quite a quirk uh, that out of Jewish people being scattered across the world uh, for more than at, at almost 2,000 years, and then all of a sudden them coming back. I, I think it's interesting that at one point when talking about the land promises in the book, in the Abrahamic covenant, no lesser figure than Martin Luther said, we can't take these land promises literally because that would mean the Jewish people would have to come back to their land and have a, a, a nation again, and that will never happen. Well, old Marty got it wrong. Uh, <laughs> it did happen, and it is based on the Abrahamic covenant, but a couple of factors that help me understand it. In Ezekiel 36, 24, it talks about God regathering the Jewish people to their land, and then they come to know the mm-hmm. Lord. So most Jewish people today, I'm not saying that Jewish people don't have a sense of God or uh, don't really appreciate or all Jewish people don't know uh, the Lord Jesus. Most Jewish people have not trusted in Jesus and they will come back to the land. According to Ezekiel, they'll come back and only when they're back in the land will they come to know the Lord in the sense of trusting in Jesus. So Jewish people have to come back without while they yet don't believe in Jesus, according to Ezekiel 36. Also in Ezekiel 37, it, it includes that idea of Jewish people coming back to the land without yet knowing the Lord, but also it indicates that they would come in stages because you've got the dry bones prophecy there in Ezekiel 37, where the bones come together, then the sinews, then the flesh, and then the skin. And then uh, God says, can these bones live? And then all this happens. And Ezekiel says, only you know, Lord. And the Lord then says to Ezekiel, these bones are the house of Mm. Israel. And he promises that he will restore them in the same manner. So it looks like in stages, and that's exactly what has happened, Jewish people didn't come back to the land in one day. It began in as about 1882. Till today, we still see vast movements of Jewish people back to the land. They're called 
aliot or immigration waves, ascensions to the land. And so we see this in stages, the Jewish people coming back. And uh, God uses persecution to bring the Jewish people back, just as he says in Jeremiah 16. He says he will use hunters and fishers to bring his people back to the land. Every one of these immigration waves was uh, produced by persecution, anti-Semitic persecution, and Jewish people have, have fled. What's going on right now? 100,000 Jews of France have made Aliyah, have immigrated to Israel because of the rise of anti-Semitism in France. More will come uh, because of uh, persecution, hunters and fishers driving the Jewish people back to their land. Do you see that this more, even more massive regathering in the end of days, probably still an unbelief? Mm-hmm. Do you see that as prompted by global anti-Semitism? Yeah, definitely. It's a, that's what Jeremiah 16, 15 and 16 is saying. Uh, that's what the figure of hunters and fishers is. And anti-Semitism is resurgent. And it's, it's hard to believe that when the, the move into the land of Israel first began, in 1880, many Jews came to the United States to get away from Russian persecution because they said, why would I want to go to Israel? It's a dangerous place. Why would I, then it was called Palestine. Uh, Why would I go there? It's dangerous. Now it's far more dangerous to stay in the diaspora for Jewish people than it is to go to the land of Israel. Michael, we don't have a lot of time. We love, we love, we really want to have you back. There's just so much to talk about. Um, Tell me one thing. Mm-hmm. How can your average Christian, your average believer in Jesus, use end-time prophecy or just prophecy about Israel and the land as a way to open a door for sharing the gospel with Jewish people? Did, and maybe that even happened in your experience when you came to faith. Yeah. Well, the, the, you know, I, someone had shared with me about Messiah in the Hebrew Bible, and we had argued through it. And that's really what God used in my heart. But I, I kept rejecting what they had to say, even though their answers, it was actually a staff member of Chosen People <laughs> Ministries, Hilda Kozer, who was uh, working through these uh, texts of scripture with me and arguing with me. But I rejected her message because I didn't, I thought, well, if I'm Jewish, I can't believe in Jesus because then I wouldn't be Jewish anymore. That was my great fear. And then I finally saw a video through strange circumstances. I just didn't want to go, but I thought I'll just go this one time and make everyone stop inviting me to these services. (laughs) And I saw a film and it was about the end of days and the regathering of the Jewish people to the land. And I thought, oh, this is good. I agree with this. And so I saw these prophecies of the Jewish people coming back to their land. And I'm like, yeah, this is cool. The Hebrew prophets were told this. I think this is great. Then the second half of the film was about how the same ancient Israelite prophets, how they had foretold the coming of the Messiah. Coming of the Messiah. And how... <laughs> you, you trapped yourself. And Yeshua had, <laughs> had fulfilled those. And as I sat there listening to this, I thought, what a hypocrite I was being. The parts I like, I accept. And the parts I don't like, I'm rejecting. Wow. And it struck me at that moment if I wanted to be a good Jew, I would believe in all that the prophets foretold, even if it meant believing that Yeshua 
was the promised Messiah. Wow. And so that was the day I made the decision to become a follower of Yeshua. But I would say that is what I would say to Jewish people. Many Jewish people don't have a sense that the prophets foretold the regathering of Israel. And so I would just use that and say, hey, you know, the existence of Israel is not some random issue. It is something that, that God has produced through prophecy and now fulfillment. And that's not unusual. The scriptures are able because it was supernatural. God could foretell what would, would happen. This shows it. And not only that, he foretold the Messiah. Yeah, a lot, a lot of Jewish people need to work their way through to get to the mm-hmm. other side and find Jesus yeah. as the Messiah. Well, Michael, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, if you want to know more about the Jewish Studies Department at Moody Bible Institute, just go to the Moody website and you'll find out more. You can go to the FeinbergCenter.com website, F-E-I-N-B-E-R-G, to find out about graduate studies in Messianic Jewish uh, studies. It's, it's, it's sponsored by Chosen People Ministries and Biola University. And then you can go to our YouTube channel and look for What Should Christians Think About Israel and the Jewish People Today? That's the full title for the terrific program that was just recently filmed with Michael, with Randall Price, and with Daryl Bach from Dallas Seminary. It was my pleasure being with you guys, always. Yeah, it's, it's delightful. So yep. thank you. God bless and shalom. Bye-bye. Interested in learning more about the Messianic Jewish faith or the Jewish roots of Christianity? Maybe you want to know how Jewish holidays point to the fulfillment of Jesus. Well then, be sure to sign up for our weekly e-newsletter, Inside Israel. You'll receive weekly updates about our ministry, including videos, links to our podcast, a summary of the latest news coming out of Israel, a variety of downloadable resources, discounts in our online store, and so much more. Sign up today when you go online to chosenpeople.com offer. That's chosenpeople.com offer. Thank you for joining us today. You are listening to The Chosen People. And Mitch, wow, what a profound and insightful interview with Dr. Michael Rydelnik uh, on the modern state of Israel. And now that we see that there actually is a Jewish presence in the promised land with the modern state of Israel, what impact should this have on our lives right now as believers in Jesus? Well, as followers of Jesus, one of the important things that we can do right now, wherever we live, is to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. That's mandated, really, by the psalmist in Mm. Psalm 122, verse 6. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And I want to encourage all those listening to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And then to recommit ourselves to reaching out to Jewish people with the gospel. In the light of the soon return of Jesus, what could be more important and sharing the gospel with those who will one day look unto him whom they have pierced and mourn as one mourns for an only son. Let's pray for the peace of Jerusalem and let's share the good news with Jewish people. Thank you so much for listening. The Chosen People radio program can be heard every weekend right here on your local station, or you can catch us online 24 hours a day, seven days a week, when you visit chosenpeople.com radio. That's chosenpeople.com radio. 
And now, here's Dr. Michael Rydelnik once again to close us with the ironic blessing. Yivarechacha Adonai v'yishmarecha Ya'er Adonai ponavalecha v'yichunecha Yisa Adonai ponavalecha V'yasem lecha Shalom. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you and be gracious to you. May the face of the Lord shine upon you and give you peace. B'Shem Shel Yeshua HaMashiach, Sar Shalom, in the name of Jesus the Messiah, the Prince of Peace. Chosen People is produced and sponsored by Chosen People Ministries.